welcome back to Not Your Normal Horror. I'm Jay. I'm Kim. And this is Not Your Normal Horror. It is. <laughs> hey, guys. So, um, just going to probably jump right into this one. It is like... No build-up? No nothing, nope, huh? Just letting them know. It's like the Hitchhiker Tales, but also it's not just Hitchhikers now. It's also other things like scary road stories so um i for one will never be hitchhiking because i don't trust motherfuckers same which is why i will never pick up a hitchhiker either i'll eventually get back to like true crime stuff it's just so much is going on i just i can't get in the mindset to research horrible awful crimes when real life is just fucking terrible so I will eventually get back there, maybe next week, but we'll see. So, just going to jump right in. Our first tale. So, this was told to me by an old family friend, Nikki, numerous times as a kid growing up as one of those life advice stories to keep in mind through the years. And to her credit, I have never forgotten it. Whenever anything associated with hitchhiking comes up, it always springs to mind and probably always will. Makes me a little, makes me a bit ill whenever I think about it, actually. So Nikki, who grew up at the same time as my dad, so that was about early 80s, I believe, was a young woman in her mid-20s. She's one of those real kind-hearted souls, always willing to help another out in the time of need. And I can't imagine her being anything other than that when she was younger, so I totally see her doing this too. So driving into the city, about a two-hour or so drive out from town, she saw a man walking down the side of the road. As she neared, he turned and, in typical hitchhiker manner, stuck out the old arm and thumb. Oh, he ain't, like, hitch his pant leg up and show his skin? No. Uh. Apparently not. Nikki, bless her heart, pulled over and asked him if he needed any help. <coughs> she told him that he was, she told me that he was really polite, if not a bit shy, when he asked for a lift into the city. Nope. Nikki gave a smile and popped open the passenger, passenger door for the guy, who tossed his bag into the back seat and buckled up for the ride ahead. They talked pleasantly for most of the trip about friends, the news, etc. You know, happy small talk. She felt that they were getting on really well and even brought, bought him dinner at the pit stop a little over halfway there. She says he seemed really flustered and awkward when she paid, but one of the things they had talked about was money and how he was pretty dang strapped for cash, which was why he was hitchhiking in the first place. But he eventually relented and they went on their way. As soon as they got into the city, he thanked her profusely for the ride and the food and asked to be dropped off once they hit downtown. Before getting out, he asked for Nikki's phone number so he could contact her someday and catch up. Thrilled at the prospect of knowing how her new friend was faring, Nikki wrote it down for him and drove off with the warm feeling of a good deed done. Now, I'm sorry if you were expecting something creepy to have happened by now, but I think this is what freaked me out so much as a kid. How nice everything seemed to have worked out. Nikki gets this crease in her forehead and a funny look in her eye when she tells me the next part. How a week later, she got a phone call from her driving buddy. He didn't let her get a word in edgewise after hello and told her, quote, that she should thank God that she was raised so nice because when he first got in her car, he was planning on raping and murdering her once they got to that pit stop, that he was going to steal that car and dump her body in a ditch further down the road and go on his merry way. But after she talked with him so kindly and treated him to dinner with a smile on her face, he couldn't bring himself to do it. He didn't think that he could live with himself for doing that to such a nice lady. 
And so please, please, Nikki, please never, ever pick up another hitchhiker. Then he hung up the phone. Nikki never got a call from him again, and she tried redialing the number she got. And when she, I'm sorry, Nikki never got a call from him again. When she tried redialing the number, she got a payphone. That was from Reddit user the bless the best jeans. Yeah, she got lucky. Yeah, that barbecue must have been banging. I just the fact that she was so nice saved her life. And see, that's my problem. I am not nice. I do not like people. I would have been dead. He'd have fucking killed you before you even put the car in park. Yep, I'd have been done. He'd have thrown his bags in the back seat and just killed you. Mm-hmm. Me too, probably. All right, next story. This story took place two years ago. I was on my second week backpacking through Austria, and I reached a point where I was too exhausted to walk any longer. It was an unusually hot day. I had blisters all over my feet, and I was ready to call it quits. I was in the middle of nowhere and decided to thumb a lift to the nearest train station, but I was out of luck. I stood there for what felt like hours, and no car would pick me up. I don't blame them. I spent two weeks sleeping in the woods. My clothes were dirty and I probably looked like a maniac. When finally a truck pulled up, I didn't hesitate to hop inside because I was so thankful to be able to sit down and rest my feet for a while. I asked the driver if he could drop me at the nearest station so that I could catch a train to Vienna, but he told me that he was heading back there anyway and that he could take me there as long as I didn't mind making a stopover to load the truck. I didn't, and so we drove along. We made some small talk, and he seemed to be very polite. It was a pretty enjoyable ride until we reached the first stop. He loaded his truck while I walked around a bit and bought some water at a gas station nearby. He had offered me drinks a few times along the ride, but I always declined because I don't feel comfortable with that. I got back into the truck and we continued the drive to Vienna. Almost immediately after we took off again, he told me that it wouldn't be a problem for him if I wanted to take off some clothes since it was such a hot day. I told him that I was fine, but he, but he brought it up a couple more times. He also asked me if I wanted to take a nap in the back and that he had several hitchhikers sleeping there in the past. I declined again and started to feel a little uneasy around him and planned to leave the truck at the next gas stop. All of I've been like, let me out right here, bro. Yep. All, all of a sudden, he nearly yelled at me to put my head down and hide because he was driving past his stepfather's car and he didn't want him to see me in the truck. That struck me as odd, but I did anyway because his yelling took me by surprise. That confirmed my resolution to get out of there as soon as possible, and I asked him to drop me off at the next stop and made up an excuse that it was my goal to enter Vienna by foot and that I was rested enough to make it thanks to his lift. He agreed, and I got my stuff ready. He suddenly turned to me and said that I looked familiar and that he was sure he saw me somewhere before. I shrugged it off, but he insisted he remembered my face. He asked me if I ever went to a swingers club because he was sure he saw me there sometime. That caught me off guard, and I told him that this was impossible because I've never been to one. Well, do you want to? I'm going to one in Vienna. Let's go there together. I'm sure you'll like it. At this point, I really wanted to get off the truck ASAP and told him I had no intention to come with him and asked him to drop me off now. He didn't answer, but reached into his pants and started masturbating while he drove along. I froze up, clutching my backpack on my lap, and didn't know what to do. I kept thinking that I'd jump off as soon as he stopped somewhere and tried to ignore what he was doing there since he didn't respond to my plea to let me out. A gas station was too busy masturbating. Yeah. A gas Jeez, give him a minute. No. A gas station was coming up and he stopped what he was doing and asked if we should take a shower together. 
I figured that there'd be people around and that it would make it easier to get rid of him. So I told him, sure, why not? He pulled up as soon as he stopped. I'm sorry. He pulled up and as soon as he stopped, I yanked open the door and run across the parking area of the gas station, hoping that he wouldn't come after me. He didn't. So I just kept running until the station was out of sight and I reached a busy street. Only after my heart stopped racing and I caught my breath, I realized that I left my shoes at the truck. I walked the last few kilometers barefoot and kept a lookout for the truck until I reached Vienna. That was from Reddit user Giola. I wish they had shoes at the store she could have at least put on. We don't know if it was a she. Could have been a he. Yeah, true. If you're going to pick up a hitchhiker, don't, don't masturbate. Really? Yeah, I mean... Rules of the road. Don't masturbate if you pick up a Unwritten rules of the road. In the late 70s, my uncle was studying medicine at the University of Chicago. After a morning class, he decided that he would hitchhike back home to Lincoln Park on the north side instead of pay for a taxi. A man drove up in a Plymouth satellite and offered my uncle a ride. The man looked normal and seemed friendly... Lighthearted even, so my uncle got in the car and they started driving towards Lakeshore Drive. However, once they got there, the man drove south on Lakeshore instead of north towards Lincoln Park. My uncle told the man he was going the wrong way and to turn around and head north. The man looked at my uncle, put his hand on his knee and said, No, son, you are coming with me, and smiled darkly at him. My uncle froze in panic, and when they hit traffic near the South Shore, he quickly unlocked the passenger door and ran away without looking back. A year or two later, on a cold December day, my uncle was having coffee in a cafe with my future aunt when he caught something on the TV that made his blood run cold. He saw the man that had picked him up from school that day the year before. He had been arrested for the suspected rape and killing of over 20 young men and boys. The man on the television was John Wayne Gacy. Oh, Jesus. And he had removed the door handle off of the passenger side door to prevent the men from picking, to prevent the men he picked up from escaping. So he learned a lesson from this person's uncle. That's crazy. Nobody's getting out again. John Wayne Gacy. Could you imagine being able to say, I, I was in the car with John Wayne Gacy and like lived. I'm the reason he took the door handles off the door. Damn. I wonder if that makes you feel guilty. Yeah, right. Oof, I didn't think about that. Mm. I was driving a shortcut from 29 29 Palms, California to Albuquerque, New Mexico. 29 Palms is located in the desolate high desert east of L.A. The shortcut was all two-lane road through total nothingness, except for passing passing through Amboy, California. Amboy. Amboy is a nearly abandoned town nearly as far below sea level as Death Valley with a dormant volcano and lava field on one side and a salt flat on the other. It was also, at the time, a hot spot for satanic group activity. So I was driving by myself in the afternoon. I stopped in Amboy and snapped a picture of the city sign just to prove I was there to friends who dared me to take that route to I-40. I got back in my car and proceeded to drive up into the mountain range between Amboy and I-40. Once I reach the top, I am driving north through a canyon with high grass on both sides of the road. Up ahead, I see some stuff in the middle of the road. As I approach, I slow down to see a red Pontiac Fiero stopped sideways across both lanes, a suitcase open with clothes scattered everywhere, 
and two bodies laying face down in the road, a man and a woman. I stop 100 feet or so away, and the hair on the back of my neck is standing up. Being a Marine, I reach under the seat and pull out a 9mm pistol and chamber around. Something seemed very wrong. It looked too perfect, as if it were staged. An ambush? Was I being paranoid? Something was just wrong. Getting out of the car seemed unthinkable. It was the horror movie move. As I scanned the road, I saw a line I could drive. Past the guy in the road on his left, swerved to the right side of the woman, behind the Fiero, and I'd be on the other side. I dropped it into first gear, punched it, and drove the line I planned. I passed the back of the Fiero without hitting it or either of the bodies in the road. I continued forward a couple hundred feet and slowed down so I could breathe and let my heart slow down. As I looked up into the rearview mirror, I saw that the two bodies had gotten up to their knees and 20 or so people emerged from the tall grass on either side of the road by the car and bodies. At that moment, my right foot smashed the gas pedal to the floor and did not let up until I had to slow down for the I-40 East on-ramp. I will never know what would have happened to me had I gotten out of the car to check on the bodies or stopped my car closer to them. Somehow, I do not think I would have, it would have been good. Sometimes real life can be scarier than a movie. That's crazy. I don't know what I would do. I mean, yeah, well, I'm the person who probably would have went to help and got exactly. killed. Like, it's human nature so to want to help. that just learned me something. Yeah. Like, you see dead bodies in the road, stay back. Call Maybe 911. Yep, let them handle it. You know, find a path and drive that, drive that path. Mm-hmm. Keep a 9 millimeter under the seat. No, we don't have to do all that. You're 40. I was a pretty brave person when I was younger. Or maybe I had that sense of invincibility that comes with youth. I'd survived some things. A stalker who pursued my sister and I for over a year and a half, being sexually assaulted, two house fires, and growing up in a house that I swear to you was haunted. Not in that Disney way either. I'm talking torture chamber in the basement and strange things going on. Anyway, I suppose, looking back, that, have, that having been through all of that made me feel a little like either I was sort of invincible or maybe I just assumed that I'd gotten all of the bad stuff out of the way and nothing else would happen. <laughs> Whatever it was, I learned to know better. When I was 17, I didn't have a driver's license. In fact, I was 36 before I did. I walked most places occasionally catching rides with friends, and less occasionally, hitchhiking. The night in question was one of those seldom-seen occasions when I decided to hitchhike, having worked late and being too exhausted to walk. Now, most of the time when I'd hitch a ride, I wouldn't get in the car with a lone man. Only women, or rarely, men with a wife, girlfriend, and or kids in the car. This night, though, cars were few and far between, and it was cold. And really, if I'm being perfectly frank, When he pulled over, I took a good look and figured I could take him if he tried anything. He was on the slender side and had a strange frailness about him, even though he looked healthy enough. I got into the car after we agreed on a destination. We exchanged names, and I warmed my fingers in front of the heating vent. He spoke quietly, asking a few questions along the lines of, was I a local, and how did I like living there? He said he'd only been there a couple of months, but found it beautiful and hoped he could find happiness there. That comment struck me as a little odd, but I brushed it off. It began to snow, and the road quickly got slippery, so he slowed and kept his eyes straight out the windshield, driving silently. I was okay with that, as small talk was never my forte. Same. About ten minutes later, I noticed a car near the intersection we were approaching seemed to be sliding, so I said, watch out! He immediately hit the gas, 
shooting through the intersection and burst out with, don't ever scream at me. Needless to say, I was taken aback. I said, look, this is close enough. Just pull over here and I can get you and I can get there. He didn't seem to hear me. Um, Richard, did you hear me? I said, you can pull over here and let me out. No response. He just stared straight ahead, driving faster now than he had been since it began to snow. To say I was scared doesn't seem to cover the depth of the fear that began to arise in me. I didn't know if I should stay quiet or speak, but I was damn sure not going to yell after his outburst. After about a mile, he began to mumble under his breath. I couldn't quite make out what he was saying, but I assumed he was speaking to me, so I said, hmm? I couldn't hear you. He began to speak quietly and rapidly, saying things like, you're always yelling at me. I told you time and again, I do not appreciate being yelled at, but do you listen? No. Well, I'm done listening to you now. Do you hear that? I was at a complete loss. I didn't know what to say in response or if I should say anything at all. I contemplated just jumping out of the car, but nixed that idea when I realized the door lock was missing. There was just a silver lined hole where it should have been. I'd started to cry and debate with myself about causing an accident by grabbing the wheel and hoping for the best. At least I figured there was a chance I'd survive that. When he suddenly looked at me for the first time since I'd gotten it, gotten into the car. He blinked several times rapidly, then slowed the car, pulling into a gas station. I waited to see if he'd unlock the doors, not wanting to say anything to set him off again. After a minute or two, he quietly said, I think I better let you out here, and hit the button to open the locks. I wasn't about to hesitate. I jumped out of the car as if it were on fire. I was about to turn and walk into the gas station when he called my name. He looked so damn sad, I hesitated. He apologized, said he was sorry if he frightened me, that he would never have harmed me, and asked if I'd be able to get home okay. I said I would and closed the door. He began to pull out the gas station lot, but stopped suddenly. He just sat there for a couple of moments, his head down. I froze, wondering what the hell was what the hell he was up to and what was about and was about to run into the station, but he opened his window and yelled to me, waving something in his hand. My hat. I'd left it on his seat. I warily approached his side of the car, and he handed it to me, apologizing again. I didn't know what else to say, so I just said, thanks. I watched as he drove off, making sure he was out of sight before moving on so he wouldn't know which direction I was heading. I decided to go to a friend's house instead of home. As I walked, I went to put my hat on, hat back, and out. <laughs> as I walked, I went to put my hat back and on, out fell a, out fell a piece of paper. Folded into the paper was a $100 bill. The paper said, I'm sorry, please take a cab and don't hitchhike anymore tonight. I didn't. In fact, it was the last time I ever hitched a ride alone. Oh, but you hooked them up. But it was... But I wonder what, like, with the whole mumbling to himself. Well, like, I wonder what the hell that was all take about. take his meds that day. I don't know. That would scare me, though. Like, somebody just scream at me and then, like, starts mumbling to themselves about, you never listen to me. I told you not to yell at me. All that. Sh- like, I'd be freaked the fuck out. Fucking right. But I guess, you know, $100 made it all better. Yeah, right. <laughs> I don't know. It's all about the Benjamins, baby. <sighs> <coughs> A lady tried to use my truck to commit suicide. Oh, okay. I was going 40, and she jumped towards my truck. It happened so fast, I couldn't stop in time, and her head smashed out my driver's side window. Scared the shit out of me. 
At first, I didn't know that I hit a person until I looked back and saw her body in the road. Trying to think how the head is going to break out her driver's side window if she hit the person in front of her car. I'm overthinking this. Go ahead. You really are. She didn't die that day, but as soon as she got out of the hospital, she went back and did the same thing. This time it was a semi-truck and she didn't make it. Oh, jeez. Oh, shit. That's super sad. Mm -hmm. Super sad story. All right, got a few more left. My aunts and I were on a road trip to visit my grandparents. We were driving almost 3,000 miles to the Northwest Territories, Canada from Portland, Oregon. Most of the drive is long, lonely highways. I decided it would be a good idea to bring along an Unsolved Mysteries book to pass the time. Ooh. Think Cotton Eye Joe's in there? Where did he come from? <laughs> Where did he go? Where did he go? Because reading about murder is always good road trip fun. We stop at a campground and just sleep in the van. I was sleeping in the passenger seat. I thought I heard footsteps close to the van, but didn't see anything. When I woke up the next morning, I glanced out the window, and there was a full face print on the window, like someone had been watching us during the night. Needless to say, I didn't sleep for the rest of the drive. Fuck that. Yeah, that's pretty creepy. No, thank you. Nope. Mm-mm. Three friends and I, three girls and one guy, were on our way back to Sydney, driving from Melbourne, and we stopped at some random rest stop along the way so us girls could use the toilet. We get out and use the toilet, fix ourselves in the mirror, and while my friends were still talking and fixing their makeup, I went outside and had a smoke with my guy friend. I am standing in front of the car and facing the women's toilet. The girls walk out from the toilet and sit on the picnic table and wait for me to finish my cigarette. After about two minutes, I see a very creepy man that looks to be in his 50s, thick gray beard and dirty clothes, walking out from the women's toilets. The same toilets my friends and I had just used and never noticed we had unwanted company. We got in the car very quick, and as my friend is speeding off, I swear I saw this man walking into the dark woods with grass as tall as he would. That was very strange. That's creepy. I wonder where he was in the bathroom that they didn't see him. I don't know. Maybe in another stall? Hiding in a trash can? Oh, I don't know. Who knows? Who knows what these freaking creepers anymore? All right, last story. A few years ago, while I was driving home from my night shift security job, it was about 6.20 a.m. during the summer, so it wasn't completely dark out. I was coming around a small curve in the hallway, and I saw a thing. It looked like a naked human walking on all fours in that strange butt-up posture you make while bear crawling. All I can think about is when Aubrey crawls like that on the floor. Still trying to picture, like, whatever the person was on doing. all fours. Oh, yeah. And, like, their butts up in the air. Oh, yeah. Okay. It was moving slow across the road with its head swaying back and forth as it crawled across the road in front of me. I was too confused to be scared, so I continued on home. A day or two later, I was talking to my parents, who live about two miles from where I had seen that thing, and told them about it. They told me some years before, two of their friends were walking in that area and both came running to their house, scared to death, and would never tell anyone what had happened or what they had seen. Later, while telling scary stories with my friends, I told them of the thing I had seen that night. One of my friends, who was a cop, said that about eight years ago, a man was ran over at that curve and everyone in the community thought he was a skinwalker. 
It doesn't scare me. I still drive that same road all the time, day and night, but I still look for it every time I drive by that curve. Skinwalkers, man. That's something I got. Skinwalkers. That's something I got to dig into. That shit's terrifying. Skinwalkers? Yeah. I won't be a skinwalker. No, you don't. They're you don't know what I want to be. I don't want you to be a skinwalker. Okay. I wouldn't be good. Well, then I won't. So maybe that's what next week's episode will be, is skinwalkers. We'll see. See if I can find enough stories about them. Um, but that's it for tonight. That's a quick some one. pretty creepy stories. Don't hitchhike. Use yeah. your best judgment if you are. Please just find a ride. Or just walk if you can. Don't hitchhike with strangers. And don't pick up hitchhikers. I know some of us, like, we have, you know, we want to do good in the world and, and try to help out. But Even Ubers anymore, man. I get iffy of Ubers. Yeah, you just can't trust anybody anymore. So just be careful. Don't, Please. Just don't do it. Don't do it. Don't hitchhike. Don't pitch a, pick up hitchhikers. Don't pitch a. Don't pick up hitchhikers. <laughs> So that was it. That's all we got for tonight. So short, sweet, to the point. We yes. hope you enjoyed. Yep. Don't and forget to uh, rate and review. Yep. And subscribe wherever you listen. Subscribe. Please. Also. And that's it. Until next time. Bye. Bye.